Christine Esposito, and welcome to this new Happy Podcast, where today we're going to dig into fake product reviews and testimonials. You know, this week, the Federal Trade Commission will hold an informal hearing on its proposed rule banning fake reviews and testimonials. This hearing, which is scheduled for Tuesday, February 13th, is open to the public and it'll be live streamed. And it follows the FTC's July 2023 notice proposing a new rule to stop marketers from using illicit reviews and endorsement practices. Think of things such as fake reviews, but also suppressing honest negative reviews and paying for positive reviews, which deceive consumers looking for real feedback on a product, and these also undercut honest businesses as well. Today, I have a true expert on this topic, Mary Engel, EVP Policy at the Better Business Bureau National Programs. Before joining BBB National Programs, Mary directed the Federal Trade Commission's Division of Advertising Practices enforcing truth and advertising principles for national advertising matters, including claims about food and dietary supplements, medical devices, alcohol, tobacco, and broadband. She also examined social media and digital technology marketing practices. Her investigations and law enforcement actions in this area helped create new policies and standards that are now used to govern influencer marketing, native advertising, and policy cases. Mary's held several management positions at the FTC, and served as an advisor to a commissioner and two directors of the Bureau of Consumer Protection. Hey, Mary, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Great. So, you know, I just want to kind of jump in right away and ask you just in general how prevalent fake reviews are and fake testimonials. You know, is it really a, a big issue? Fake reviews, unfortunately, is a really big problem. Estimates are that about 10% of online reviews are fake. It's hard to know exactly, but those are the best estimates. Wow, that is that based on how many reviews are out there all over the place on the internet, I can see that's a huge number to deal with. Um, you know, so our listeners right now are in the beauty space. It's personal care. It's a little bit of wellness, too. Do you have any specific data that you can speak to about how prevalent um, these fake reviews are in this specific category? No, we don't have any good empirical data on the prevalence in the beauty or wellness category, but I would note that um, BBB National Program's National Advertising Division, or NAD, and the FTC have brought a number of cases where there were fake reviews in, in this category. And, and even really, you know, well-known legitimate companies, unfortunately, have engaged in the practice. Um, for example, the FTC brought a case against Sunday Riley Modern Skincare uh, for posting fake reviews. That's right. I do recall that. And that is a pretty well-known company. And um, that definitely made some waves in our industry. Um, so you're right. It, we're, this category is not immune to those. Um, but, you know, I want to ask you a little bit more because it's not necessarily just the fake review that we're like when you think of that. There's other aspects that are under kind of the microscope right now in terms of um, what this proposed legislation is going to do. It's like that whole idea that there's like a, someone may post a legitimate, but still like not a great review for a product or a brand. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the proposed FTC rule covers seven different types of problematic review practices. And, and, and you're right, it's not just fake reviews. It's paying for a positive review or paying for a negative review. I mean, those could be legitimate 
opinions, but if they're being paid for, then that's a problem. Um, you know, another review practice that's targeted by the rule is um, the having fake independent review websites. So these websites that you think you're going to see different products in the category reviewed and which ones are the best when in fact it's the seller of one, you know, the highly rated product that's behind that website. So the FTC is really looking at a number of different problematic practices in this area. Wow. So is it easy to kind of figure out which ones are legit and which ones are fake? How, do, how does that even, you know, how does that process go? Like who, who does that? Is it easy? I can imagine that it's not an easy process. It's not an easy process at all, either for consumers to be able to look at reviews and figure out which ones are fake or for the companies themselves to detect it. I mean, you know, platforms like Amazon and Yelp use a combination of machine learning and human review to try to uh, prevent fake reviews from being posted at all or taking them down once they're up. And they dedicate a lot of resources to, to that. But unfortunately, the prevalence is so high, they can't keep up with it. Oh, that's So it must be even tougher than for like a smaller company that maybe isn't necessarily you know, doesn't have deep pockets, like, can they keep up pace with what might happen? So, I mean, the, you know, the platforms are generally pretty big companies, so they have the, the resources to do it. And for the smaller companies, um, I think the thing for them is to be sure that they themselves are not engaging in any of the dishonest review practices, like, um, and 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 understanding what the FTC classifies as a dishonest practice. So, for example, I am sure you have uh, purchased a product and gotten a little card in the box that says, "Hey, if you leave us a positive review, next time you'll get fifty percent off." Right? Well, right. that that the FTC that that kind of practice would be prohibited under this rule because it would be incentivizing a positive review. It's not written in a neutral way. So I think for smaller companies, it's, you know, they're going to have to understand what this rule is requiring, um, look at it very closely and make sure they're complying. Oh, wow. So can you maybe, are there additional elements of this proposed rule that maybe you should share with us right now? Like what are some of these big issues that everyone should be aware of? Uh, yeah. Um, so it, it, the proposed rule also covers paying for negative Review. So I think that's an important point because it's, it's something that is the subject of a lot of complaints is, is um, a competitor will pay people to write something negative about their competitor, right? They want to have bad reviews out for their competitor. Well, that is, you know, that's a no-no. <laughs> and that would be prohibited um, by this rule. Also, it's a practice that is sometimes called review hijacking, which is review repurposing reviews for one product for a completely different product. And that practice is more common than you might realize. Um, unfortunately, a lot of online sellers, especially new ones, you know, they're, they're putting up a product on an online marketplace. They don't have any reviews yet. They know that people don't want to buy a product unless they see a lot of reviews. So they just cut and paste reviews for a different product and stick it in their, you know, pr product description and, on top of it, they'll create a few reviews for their actual product. But then actually, if the consumer were to scroll down, you would see, oh, my gosh, this is talking about, you know, uh, printer toner when I thought I was looking, I'm looking at a camera, for example. So so 
that practice review hijacking is is prohibited under the the proposed rule. Um, and then also the practice of review suppression, and that can take a couple of different forms. One is threats and intimidation, and unfortunately, that's not uncommon either. Mm-hmm. That um, businesses will threaten consumers if they don't take down a negative review, or say, uh, you know, you know, we're going to uh, charge your account if you don't post a positive review. FTC has taken action against that uh, kind of practice. Um, and then there's the less egregious, but still bad <laughs> practice of, well, let's say you have a website, you're selling stuff and consumers post reviews, and the only ones you show on your website are the are the four-star reviews or four or five stars, right? So anyone who rates you you know, less than four stars, you don't show that review. And so to the average consumer, it looks like, hey, you've got really highly rated products. So that kind of review suppression technique would also be prohibited under the code. Wow. So this is really a much more complex issue than just what everyone might think of as a fake review. It's um, It sounds like there's a lot of things that maybe most consumers aren't aware of in terms of what they're looking at or what they're, you know, seeing when they're making these, um, you know, purchases for products. So it's definitely something they want to keep in mind, I guess. And that's why the FTC is here and stepping in, which leads me to my next question. Like, what can we expect at this upcoming hearing? Like, what is it, you know, what, what, what does it entail what might come out of it? I know that's a little forecasting, but I'm just curious about what's going to happen. Yeah, so this informal hearing that the FTC is holding, I mean, I think what we're likely to hear is um, um, testimony, so to speak, from a variety of stakeholders, including ordinary citizens, uh, probably industry trade associations, individual companies, maybe some platforms, public interest groups, and researchers who are going to be expressing views for or against the role. And, you know, hopefully we'll hear researchers because the work that they've done in in detecting fake reviews, for example, or understanding its prevalence is pretty important. And and so the commission will hear all those views. The commission's already gotten um, written comments from, you know, in response to their notice of proposed rulemaking. And so, um, after that, the commission will very carefully consider all the views it has received and, and, you know, it asked a whole bunch of questions when it put out the proposed rule. So, um, it is, you know, may need to modify the proposal in different ways, you know, hope maybe add more clarity or take certain provisions out or, or, or so forth. But then they would do that before finalizing the rule. And is there a set timeline right now in terms of when the rule will be finalized or it kind of does relate to what happens at this um, informal hearing that's next? Yeah, there's no set timeline. There's no you know specific requirements for when they have to act. I, I will say that this rulemaking has moved along pretty quickly. Um, they um, put out the advanced notice of proposed rulemaking in um in uh, 2022, and less than nine months later, they put out the notice of proposed rulemaking. They're having this hearing now. And with that, they will have completed all of the kind of required steps to do a rulemaking. So um, I would definitely expect to see them finalize the rule this year in 2024. Okay, that is quick. That's definitely quick. Um, before I let you go, one of my last questions was, you know, based on who our readers are, they're the makers of these products. You know, do you have any advice for them when it comes to this issue in general? Um, you know, 
to protect their own business and also just to protect the consumers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's it's so important to focus on trust and transparency with your with your consumers, with your customers. I mean, that's always important and it's something that's that's hard to earn and easy to lose, right? <laughs> so, even though I definitely understand the pressure, you know, the, the the desire to have a lot of positive reviews because they are so important to today's consumer, but taking shortcuts and and make you know creating fake reviews or suppressing negative ones is ultimately gonna gonna backfire. So um, I think it really makes sense to to uh, stick with the uh, trustworthy practices and 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 not engage in this kind of um, fake review you know practices. Right, that's some some sound advice uh, for sure. Well, Mary, thank you so much for you know explaining a little bit more about what this whole um, you know proposed rule is all about, and it's definitely a much more complex issue than just the standard fake review, which is uh, very interesting and enlightening for me to hear how complicated some of these processes sound. And um, um, it's interesting to see that the FTC is stepping in and really trying to take hold of this situation and make things better for consumers. And in the long run, that's better for brands too. Exactly. All right, great, thank you. All right, thank you, Christine. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. I just want to do a quick reminder that the virtual hearing will be open to the public and live streamed on Tuesday. Go to ftc.gov at 10 a.m. to log into that. And if you're looking for more information on fake reviews or cases, you can definitely check out happy.com.